0: So, yesterday we talked about how my wife Tanya and I were having this. You know, it was a discussion. I would say it's a discussion. It's definitely not an argument over who we're more excited to see. And it's probably Brantley Gilbert for her. But now we've moved over to the next phase. Are we bringing the kids? Are we going to bring the kids to America Fest? Now, we're definitely bringing the family out there to Phoenix for America Fest, December 18th, 21st, Phoenix, Arizona blah, 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 turningpointusa.com, America Fest promo code POSO. I got to do, got to do the pitch. You know, I got to do the pitch. But the question is, do we want to bring the kids into the actual event itself? And are we going to have them go to the concert? I think we're leaning towards yes. Yeah, so leave us a message shoot us a comment. Should we bring the kids or not? What do you think? Honestly, I'm going to go with yes. We've got the three-year-old, we've got the 10-month-old, and then both parents, both sets of parents are going to come, and we're renting this house. It's going to be awesome, but I think that the kids should come. I think they're going to like it. I think they're going to have a great time. We'll get them little turning point ambassador stickers or something. And I want them to see the show. I want them to be a part of this thing. You know, I'm not saying they have to, you know, grow up to be, you know, exactly agree with everything Jack Posobiec says on every issue, whatever. No, that's that's their kids. I'm not going to be like that as a dad. But I think it's going to be a fun event. We're going to bring the kids. And this is me, of course, answering for her. I'm bringing the kids. We're bringing the kids. No discussion, we're doing it. So if you come there, you see us, we're hanging out, you know, I'm not one of those people who's like, "Get away from me. No selfies." No, come up, say hi, you know, but you know, don't 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 like linger. Don't 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 cling, you know. You know, if we're with the family and we're doing something, come on, just be normal. Just be normal. It's as simple as that. So go tpusa.com backslash AmericaFest, promo code POSO. Remember to to make sure you use all caps POSO, P-O-S-O, for up to 25% off. And myself and the rest of the POSO family, we will see you there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily powered by Turning Point USA. Our stories for today. The Great Reset presents The Zuckerverse. Next. All the receipts on why the Vatican canceled the President Biden live stream. We've got the exclusive here at Human Events Daily. Next, Biden to give half a million dollars to illegal aliens individually. And finally, Tulsi has released a new video supporting Julian Assange as his new trial phase begins. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. The Great Reset presents The Zuckerverse. Sign up now while pods still last. You'll own nothing, but you'll be happy because you'll be living a carefree life, renting things and spending your money, your hard-earned Zuckerbucks, as you live your life within the Zuckerverse. Listen to how Mark Zuckerberg explained it at a recent Facebook conference. So let's start by exploring what different kinds of metaverse experiences could feel like, starting with the most important experience of all, connecting with people. Imagine you put on your glasses or headset and you're instantly in your home space. It has parts of your physical home recreated virtually, it has things that are only possible virtually, and it has an incredibly inspiring view of whatever you find most beautiful.
1: Hey, are you coming?
0: Yeah, just got to find something to wear. All right, perfect. Hey, boy. Oh, hey, Mark. Hey, what's going on? Hi. Hi, Mark. What's up, Mark. So it's pretty clear what's going on here. The Zuckerverse is the wing of the Great Reset that's designed to distract you from the BlackRock wing of the Great Reset and what they're up to. The fact that they're buying everything, they're buying all the real estate, they're buying all the single family homes, that Bill Gates is buying up all the farmland. But it doesn't matter because you'll know nothing and you'll be happy, but You'll be distracted this is the ultimate bread and circuses you will be plugged in to the zuckerverse this is how they achieve elysium remember elysium the movie this is how they achieve it by plugging you in to the program getting you hooked up to the zuckerverse you're going around you're doing everything and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the squalor you live in right ready player one propaganda That is not how it's, well, actually, remember this, if you saw Ready Player One, the guy lived in, they called it the stacks, and they were just trailer parks where the trailers were, you know, stacked upon each other. That's going to be the world. The elites, they won't live in there. They'll live in the beautiful, wonderful Elysium. But you, no, 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 no. So listen to transhumanist Yuval Harari talk about how you, you're not a person anymore, you're not a spiritual being, no, 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 you're a hackable animal. His term.
1: Governments and corporations for the first time in history have the power to basically hack human beings. There is a lot of talk about hacking computers, hacking smartphones, hacking bank accounts, but the big story of our era is the ability to hack human beings. And by this I mean that if you have enough data and you have enough computing power, You can understand people better than they understand themselves Mm -hmm. and then you can manipulate them in ways which were previously impossible. Mm -hmm. And in such a situation, the old democratic system stopped functioning. We need to reinvent democracy for this new era in which humans are now hackable animals. You know, the the whole idea that humans have you know this they they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over
0: Yugo Horari, by the way, and he wrote the book Sapiens, good book, I read it. He's a contributor at the World Economic Forum. So your free will is gone. Your human agency gone. Who you choose in the election or who you, what you choose at the supermarket, gone. No agency, no choice, no belief, no connection to the transcendent, no ethos, no God. You live in the Zuckerverse. You are a hackable animal. This is the future that The Great Reset is pushing. So you got one arm, you'll own nothing, and then the other arm, you'll be hacked. You'll be uploaded, you'll be digitized, you'll be commercialized, you'll be infantilized here in the real world. But everyone else, the elites again, they will live in Elysium. And you, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. So when we talk about all this, I want to give people an understanding. We are talking about the future and we are talking about the near present term. This is what you need to fight. This isn't liberal, conservative, it's not any of that stuff. It is, are you pro-human or are you pro-transhuman? That's the way all of this is heading. Joe Biden visiting the Vatican. You know, I say Joe Biden is just as Catholic As Admiral Rachel Levine is our first female Admiral. You know, what can I say? So everybody's asking about what's going on, why did they drop the live stream from the White House at the Vatican, why was there this breakdown, no live stream, there's this little sort of, uh, I'm gonna hand a coin ceremony, da-da-da, but why did they drop this full live stream, and why did the Vatican restrict access? So I have information, this isn't necessarily a Shade War update, but I have information from a member of the White House advance team, specifically telling you as a Human Events Daily exclusive what went down between the White House and the Vatican. I'll read it to you. The White House advance team and Vatican advance team had last-minute disagreement over shooting angles, moving in for sound bites, cutoff time for live footage, and a plethora of other choreography-related issues. Uh, and I said, what did you mean? Advance team wanted sound bites. Biden had a few lines memorized, and they wanted the Pope to say something specific in response to those lines, plus specific camera angles. It was supposed to be playing it up for Catholic America. The Vatican said, you'll get what you'll get, but we aren't going to do these movie sequel scenes. The advanced team said, no. Vatican said, fine, no live footage at all obviously something that should have been brought up in advance. He was going to thank Francis for praying for America, and then Biden was going to say that he's working hard to bring prayer back back into the American way of life in the midst of these trying times. He was also going to tell Francis his favorite verse and all that soundbite stuff. They were hoping that Francis then would say something in response to him that could be seen as the Pope's endorsement of Biden as a true Catholic. So you get it, they wanted to do all this stuff to set up Biden because of his issues when it comes to the question of abortion. So I'm going to play two clips for you right now. Let's go back to 2015, before the first time Biden met the Pope, what he was saying about how this Pope being so welcoming, and then a clip from Gensaki just recently. The thing I love about this Pope, I got to meet him when I went to his, uh, quote, inauguration. I always thought it was an installation, but right. the inauguration. And the Pope reached out like this, and he grabbed my hand. He said... I know, Mr. Vice President, you're always welcome here. That is the message he sent into the world. That, and that is the tone he's striking everywhere, isn't it? Absolutely. He is, that's why he's the single most popular figure in the world today, and not just in Catholic nations, across the board.
2: Go ahead, Owen. I said you could go, Thank sorry. You. Go ahead. And then I'll go to Alex next. Go ahead.
0: Thank you. Uh, as you know, millions of Catholics will be watching when the president and Pope Francis meet. Yeah. The White House has said they will discuss working together on efforts grounded in respect for fundamental human dignity. Question one, will that include the human dignity of the unborn?
2: Well, Owen, as you know, uh, although you ask me most often, if not every time, about uh, abortion, but I will say there's a great deal of agreement. Let me finish my answer. There's a great- uh, there's not. You can ask anything you want. But what I wanted to note, since you uh, follow this closely, is that there's a great deal of agreement and overlap with the President and Pope Francis on a range of issues. Poverty, combating the climate crisis, ending the COVID-19 pandemic. These are all hugely important, impactful issues that will be the centerpiece of what their discussion is when they meet. Uh, The President has met with him. This will be their fourth meeting. Uh, We expect a warm and constructive dialogue. You are familiar with the, where the president stands. He's somebody who stands up for and believes that a woman's right to choose is important.
0: Understood.
2: The Pope the has pope spoken says, differently. I, has I have said, just outlined for you what the focus I'm of the meeting will the be. The I think we're going to have to move on. Alex, go ahead, Alex. Owen, oh, I answered your question. Alex, go ahead. Owen,
0: oh, like I answered
2: your question. Pope. The pope go, said go ahead, abortion Alex.
0: Abortion is murder and it's like hiring a hitman. Does the president agree or disagree with that? You know
2: that the president yes. believes in a woman's right to choose. You're very familiar with this issue. We've spoken about it many times.
0: So you get it, right? This White House understands that they have a huge problem with Joe Biden running around saying that he's a devout Catholic, But the guy supports abortion. His entire administration supports abortion. Jen Psaki is up there saying again and again, won't even answer the basic question that he supports abortion. And by the way, Pope Francis should say something about that as well, that you have a president of the United States, one of the most powerful world leaders, who is someone who says, I'm a Catholic, I'm a Catholic, I'm a Catholic, and I say this as a fellow Catholic, that he should be corrected. On his false doctrine and on his false preaching of the Catholic faith this is something where politics aside if you are going to be a public leader and say that you are Catholic and say that you are a devout Catholic at the same time and make that a huge part of your appeal then you must uphold Catholic teaching and that of course includes pro-life and the protective rights of the unborn it's as simple as that uh this is totally clear from Catholic catechism. This is totally clear from canon law. There isn't a question about this. But let's be fair, folks. That's not what's really going on. This is a chance for President Biden. He's on his farewell tour. He's just going around having fun, going to go talk to the Pope, going to go do this, go do that. The guy has no influence in Washington, D.C., couldn't even get his spending bill passed. He's not the one in control. And we've talked about the White House shade war. He's America's Yeltsin. This is a thank you for your service. Here's a nice whirlwind world tour. Here's your Rolex watch up until they hold his hand and they walk him out of the White House together with Jill. Massive headline from the Wall Street Journal. The United States is in talks to pay hundreds of millions to families separated at the border. Isn't that nice? The government is considering paying payments of $450,000 per person affected by the Trump administration's zero-tolerance policy in 2018 for asylum seekers illegally crossing the border. Listen, I love the way they phrase this, right? Asylum seekers illegally crossing the border. Now, remember, the Wall Street Journal, right? People will say, oh, the Wall Street Journal, they're conservative. They're good, right, right, right. Remember, the Wall Street Journal, it's right in the name. It is the Journal of Wall Street this is corporate America's mouthpiece outlet. So corporate America, right? They want more illegal aliens coming across. They want that completely turned on. Why? Cheap labor. This is why what the illegal immigration issue is all about, right? It's all about cheap labor for big business and votes for Democrats. It's as simple as that, right? That's why you have this alliance of people who wouldn't necessarily be involved in, you know, you think, wait a minute, I thought Democrats were against big business. I thought big business was probably. All that's changed and this is the issue where you can see the the lines crossing that's where you see the lines crossing that is why in 2016, when populism came around, it's also why, by the way, a lot of the labor unions, the actual workers of this country, when they came around to looking at it, and they said, no, of course, the leaders of the labor unions are, right, right, you know, you can just throw them out the window because they're, of course, not going to do what's good for the actual workers. But the workers understood this issue. And that's why illegal immigration and the issue of illegal aliens coming across the border was such a big deal. It's the same issue as well because they compete for those jobs. They compete and they bring wages down for American workers. It's as simple as that. It's the same deal when we talk about China. Now go and look at what this is doing. Look at what this is turning on in terms of the massive caravans that all of a sudden have continued yet again. It's like they were turned off for a while. Now it's back on under President Biden. Take a look at this incredible, really incredible video from Oscar L. Blue, Tapachula, Mexico, interviewing the leader of the latest caravan coming up.
2: What is your opinion of me, of the Biden administration saying that this is not a crisis? This is a humanitarian crisis, and you know it. What is your opinion on that?
1: I think they're just—they're just—they're just on just, just denial of uh, of their own fault, you know. They—they they haven't been able to handle immigration. I—if I tell you the truth, I believe that uh, at least with uh, with Donald Trump, we knew what we had. With Biden, we don't know. We—he he, doesn't—he he doesn't seem to have a clue what to do with immigration, because he says one thing and does another. And then, what, tell me something different that Joe Biden has done. He promised immigration reform, he hasn't done it. He promised he was gonna take care of the migrants of uh, Assad, he hasn't done it. He's, he keeps every single line resorting to every, I mean, it's, it's uh, Donald Trump
0: 2.0. So you hear what he said. Under the previous administration, we knew what we were getting. We knew that the door was closed and that the only way in was through legal means. The message was sent. It's very simple, by the way. People respond to incentives. So if your incentive is to tell people that you have an open door, and by the way, if there's an issue, you're gonna give out half a million dollars per person, half a million dollars, I would love, oh my gosh, if we could give half a million dollars to every person in poverty in America today, wouldn't that be wonderful, all right? Whereas how, do you, like, do you, what I'm saying is, do you understand how that's going to be read by people who are actually here now and who actually were born in this country, who legally came to this country, like my wife? Uh, do you understand how that's going to come across? Think about that, seriously, what that's going to do. It is a slap. Of course, it's a moral outrage, it's a slap in the face. But the question that I want people to be asking, go a step further. And that's what we do here on Human Events Daily. We go a step further. We think beyond step one, step two, step three, step four. This is saying that the American border, the American sovereignty, the American country does not matter, that we are a plaything for other countries. And let's be clear about this. These are not undocumented. They do have documents, they do have citizenship of foreign countries. They are foreign citizens, members of their home country. All right, now thank you for watching. Support us, continue to support the show. Go to MyPillow.com, use promo code POSO, huge discount. Items like the MyPillow, you got the sheets, you got the toppers, the slippers, the blankets, towels, mattresses, travel pillows, pet beds, you got the doggy beds. You can put your cat on it too, that's fine. I think it's National Cat Day or something that's trending. Go there, support us, support the show, support American workers, and this Christmas, which of course is coming up, you want to get your shopping in now. Go to MyPillow.com, use promo code POSO, support us, you will not regret it. Let's get into the next story. Tulsi Gabbard someone who's kind of known for being a heterodox thinker, right? She torched Vice President Harris during the debate stage in 2019 on the debates, and then she went in. Now, she herself uh, was not successful running for president, but she's now become known as something of a figure that sort of straddles both lines because she's not necessarily a conservative, but she's definitely not a leftist either. I would say, I would go so far as to say that she's a nationalist populist. She's someone who supports America, she also supports the little guy, and she stands up for many things which she believes are right. And she does so, by the way, as an army officer. I believe she just got a uh, lieutenant commander. So that era, lieutenant colonel. So this is huge, this is really huge. So thank you very much uh, for Gabbard on this video she just cut in support of Julian Assange.
2: The increasingly authoritarian Biden-Garland administration is doubling down on its crusade against our constitutionally protected rights, our freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of the press, by continuing their vindictive retaliatory crusade against Julian Assange. If they succeed in this, this will be yet another nail in the coffin of democracy here in our country
0: and around the world. So what's going on? What's the situation? From BBC, WikiLeaks, U.S. begins legal appeal to extradite Assange. Lawyers from the U.S. have told the High Court, now he's currently in the U.K., Right? And the U.S. is trying to extradite him here. The Biden uh, administration Justice Department is trying to extradite him to hold him up for crimes. He was indicted last year relating to the leaking of classified documents from the U.S. Army during the Iraq War. But a lawyer last year said no extradition. Why did they say this? So this is the appeal that's going on. Lawyers for the United States have told the high court that the judge who blocked Julian Assange's extradition was misled by his psychiatrist. The United States government is starting legal appeal to try to get the WikiLeaks founder extradition. Extradited. In January, a British court ruled that Mr. Assange could not be extradited to the U.S. due to concerns over his mental health. Uh, Assange is wanted over the publication of thousands of classified documents 2010-2011 that revealed how the U.S. military had killed hundreds of civilians in under under-report, underreported incidents during the war in Afghanistan, while leaked Iraq war files showed the 66,000 civilians had been killed and prisoners tortured by Iraqi forces. The district judge overseeing the appeal ruled that he could not be transferred to the U.S. because he was unwell and could take his own life. Now, remember, Assange had been living in essentially solitary confinement in the Ecuadorian Embassy of London for many, many years. He's now held in Belmarsh Prison. Here's my take on all of this. They want Assange arrested, indicted, and imprisoned for releasing classified information, but under the First Amendment, Isn't that the same thing that The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, and The Washington Post do every day? Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks made a whole movie out of this. So that is the question here. When is it okay to do journalism, and when is it not? Who is protected and who is not? Are we going to apply the same standard to everyone? that's it for us wrapping up another week of human events daily thank you from the bottom of my heart and god bless all of you for being there and helping us hit one million podcast downloads this week that is a testament to this audience it's a testament to you sharing this out with your normie friends being influence agents being information activists we need you to be an information activist now more than ever so continue to share this leave us your five-star review and before we go before we go not to mention our motto, be good, be brief, be gone, but it's time for today's moment of history. Today, not October 29th, 92 years ago, 1929, Black Friday, excuse me, Black Tuesday, more than 16 million shares were traded. The Dow lost another 12%, a stock market crash that of course reverberated throughout history. Almost a hundred years. Will we see it happen again? Ladies and gentlemen, You have my permission to lay shore.